I believe it was at the end of my second year of coaching when I had a very interesting experience. That year was the first year that I coached a rep team, the Adam A. Hawks. The team manager that year was Dean McLean, who you heard from in episode number three. Many of the parents of the kids on that team are still friends to this day, and the kids I continue to see in the rink are all taller than me now. I know we didn't win any championships or tournaments that year, and I don't even have a sense about whether we won more games than we lost. However, what I do remember is a story that trickled out at the end of the year. There was a set of parents who not only had a boy on the Hawks, but also a child who was older, playing higher level hockey. Obviously, they were more experienced in the ways of minor hockey than many of us who were going through this for the first time. That particular set of parents vocalized out loud to other parents on the team, as well as to their own son, to remember this season. It was special, and you will not always experience this as your time in minor hockey goes on. At the time, I was so happy and proud to hear this from those individuals who I had a lot of respect for. But I admit, at the time, I did not completely understand why. We didn't win anything. I struggled that year to figure out how to run a good practice. My hockey voice and communication skills required a bunch of work, and I'm sure I may have instilled some concepts or even skill tweaks that were completely wrong. Why was this year special? At the end of this episode, I will circle around as I have a much better understanding why now than I did back then. Down to the rink, to the pond, to the river. There's a game going on, going on forever. Thinking about trying to define what is a successful hockey season is a difficult proposition. It is easy to think about metrics like championships or tournament wins. But anyone involved in hockey for any length of time knows that these types of successes come rarely. I had the fortune to talk to a long-term hockey volunteer and coach, Kelly Van Buskirk, about defining success in hockey and how to think about this from the very beginning of a minor hockey season. Okay, I think it's, in my own mind at least, a somewhat subjective exercise. But I think especially if you're talking about young kids, 9 or 10-year-old hockey players, it seems to me that everyone has to focus their attention on the long-term development of these young people. So I think that from a personal development perspective, everyone, the, the, the players, the coaches, and the parents should be recognizing the opportunity that exists for the player development from a personal perspective through the lens of the sport, learning those values that we all talk about, but that seem to be lost very quickly when the game starts. You know, the idea of sportsmanship, the idea of learning self-discipline, the idea of learning self-care in terms of diet and exercise. And I think the concept of, you know, learning how to be a competitor. And it seems to me that one measure of success is how each player evolves through the course of the season with respect to those values. And even though those are spoken of, I think that they are often quickly discarded in favor of ultra focus on the on-ice product. As Kelly mentioned, these lofty goals that we can have at the beginning of the season can get lost when the score or winning record is not favoring your team. A losing season can be very difficult to coach through and maintain focus on the most important ideals as outlined by Kelly. Our competitive desires and the wish for us to have our kids experience success is powerful and consuming. It's shocking to me how many parents at that age level are fixated 
on the question of who's winning and who's losing, you know, who's scoring the goals, who's not scoring the goals, and they haven't really processed the the fact, and it is a fact, that those things aren't really big factors in terms of success. It is amazing how, and I've I've been on both sides of it, it's amazing how in a winning season, people just seem to be happy. Right. Um, you know, I'm not so sure they're evaluating all of those uh, those facets of, of the interpersonal uh, importance of, of what hockey brings to the to the kids. Right. But things generally go pretty smoothly when you're winning. Right. When you're losing, on the other hand, um, you know, in, in, in argument, uh, losing gives you even more opportunity to explore some of those issues that you were talking about for the growth of children. I think so. But when the team is losing, people are not happy at all. And I think that just is exactly what you're saying is we lose focus very quickly about what we discuss and what we believe um, at the start. Because I, I, I do think that parents and coaches do believe that that's what we should be focused on. But it's amazing how the scoreboard really changes our perspective on that very, very quickly. Oh, I think so. And you and I have seen so many instances where, to your point, the energy in a rink will be poisoned by this question of who's winning or who's losing and by what score. And who's playing on the power of play, who's not playing on the power of play, right. where's my son on the bench, uh, you know, how right. much ice time, where's my son or daughter on the bench, I should say. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's amazing. I, I've heard a lot of people using the word development recently, which I think is a neat uh, evolution. But I think you're right. I think when the word development is sort of thrown around, I think we really are uh, hyper-focused on skill development yeah. rather than um, personal development. I can attest to by experience that for coaches to have an idea of personal development front of mind for their players at the start of a hockey season can be very difficult. After multiple ice times a week, attending coaching seminars, prepping for practices, communicating with co-coaches, the league, and parents, time can be very short. However, I do believe that the best coaches keep this somewhere on their agenda and strive hard to be assessing this issue with their time and their individual players at all times. In fact, I have heard stories that coaches at the professional level that can take this approach with pro hockey players ultimately get the most from those players on the ice and therefore have the most success as coaches. One of the opportunities for attempting to define and then measure success for a hockey team that is frequently missed is having open discussions about these issues at the very start with the players and the parents. Frequently, parents' meetings require more logistical versus philosophical discussions with the addressing of things like team budgets, tournament registrations, and the sizing of the jackets. We forget to ask the question, especially to the kids, of what people would like to get out of the year. We rarely have, or rarely perhaps take, the opportunity mid-season to reassess these goals and make adjustments for the team or individuals if required. I asked Kelly about this. Yeah, I, I I think you're right. I think that, you know, the question of how much money will we as a as a team raise and how much money are we going to spend on jackets and I always tongue in cheek talked about uh, you know, monogrammed underwear and so on. The teams, you know, those are the extents that some teams go to when really I think the better discussion is Look, how are we all going to get along together? How are we going to make sure that every child, you know, leaves 
having had fun and having, you know, having the desire to play again? How are we going to leave at the end of the season with every child being able to identify a moment in time when they performed a skill in a way that was better than they ever did before? My son's under 11 hockey team is in the midst of a losing season. I think we have only had perhaps two wins halfway throughout the season so far. I'm coaching with several other very talented coaches, including my 17-year-old son, Malcolm. I hope and believe there's reasonable evidence that the coaches, parents, and players will ultimately look upon the season as successful. The players are learning about hockey and are improving. I think there's little doubt about that. Whether we win another game or not, it is clear that the players are performing individually and as a team in a much different way than they were at the beginning of the season. Although everyone wishes the boys and girls would have more opportunity to celebrate at the end of the game, they also realize that they are improving, and they're able to recognize their individual and team accomplishments each time they step on the ice. These are the highlights of the dressing room's talk post-game, and knowing the parents, I believe these messages are being reinforced at home as well. Most importantly, the team is having fun and are playing without pressure or stress. Although this relaxed attitude may challenge the most competitive of the coaches or the parents, we've attempted to do as Derek McCollum says and check our egos at the door. This is not to say that the kids aren't being challenged with executing the ideals of hard work, effort, and compete, but I hope that we're at least attempting to do it without sacrificing fun. I think that comes back to if kids learn to compete, you know, learn the technical skill of the game, the tactics of the game. If we're seeing improvement in the kids at the end of the season, then success has been met. And therefore, I think we need to look at that as that's a win, whether whether we see it as a win on a scoreboard, whether we see it as a win with a medal or a trophy. Ultimately, that's that's the goal for the kids, improving and moving on to that next level. These ideals sound good, but what if the kids we are coaching this year fail to win another game? What is lost by not winning? Or putting it another way, why is winning important? Trying to answer this question led me down a very deep rabbit hole. A quick Google search on the importance of winning returned about 372 million returns, with at least the first 10 outlying why teaching and experiencing winning is crucial for young boys or girls involved in sports. The opinions put forth suggesting that learning to win is important point to the linkages that can be found between winning and developing confidence, the idea that winning highlights the benefits of hard work, and that winning ultimately improves performance and increases persistence or longevity with the game for individual athletes. There is a certain logic here that fits with some of my own ideas. However, of interest is the fact that when surveyed, young athletes rarely rank the importance of winning as the reason that they participate in youth sports. I personally enjoy winning, and perhaps more importantly, I love to compete in an attempt to win. Although I would consider myself pretty competitive, I've certainly encountered friends and also some children whose desire to win is on a different scale than my own. I've observed differences between siblings and often between parents and their children. I've had many parents approach me over the years as their daughter or son's coach, encouraging me to attempt to fire up their child with respect to their compete level, willingness to work, and ultimately to give it all to the game. In fact, I've done the exact same thing to my own boys' coaches. What I've learned, however, is that we need to be careful and realize that sometimes a particular child's approach to the game, their competitive nature, and to what extent they put value on winning is a very individual idea, and perhaps to some extent may not be modifiable. 
The special season that we had about 10 years ago was a result of a number of factors. The children that we are coaching were a great bunch and their parents were fantastic. Many friendships between the kids and parents were formed that year that continue 10 years later. My own inexperience as a head coach was ironically probably beneficial as our goals were not born from high-level hockey philosophy, but were simply related to having fun in a game that we all enjoy. We had a hockey manager who exemplified these ideals, and the parents supported the plan, whether we were winning or losing. Ultimately, I think every one of those kids improved that year, and perhaps the most important metric is that every one of those boys and girls, with the exception of one, a young boy who is a high-level basketball player, are still playing the game to this day. I hope that every season I am involved with can in some way be compared to that original Adam team, where I learned so much. I still see the family that made the original comment in the rink every year, and the young man who always had a smile on his face is now about six foot four and towers over me. He still stops to say hello and still calls me coach. That is how I would define success. One of the most famous quotes in all of sports has been attributed, perhaps incorrectly as it turns out, to Vincent Lombardi, the famous coach of the 1960s Green Bay Packers. Winning isn't everything, it's the only thing. This idea may be completely appropriate for a 1960s professional sports team. I hope it's not too controversial a stand to suggest it crosses a very important line for young hockey players in minor hockey. There's hockey on TV, it's Saturday night. The rink across the road, they play under the lights. Come winter time, it's the game that we love. I just play for fun, but there's hockey in my blood. Down to the rink, to the pond, to the river, there's a game going on, going on forever. Thank you for listening to Going to the Show. If you have comments about what you have heard, stories you would like to share, or ideas about future episodes, please feel free to contact me via the email address goingtotheshowpod at gmail.com.